0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas yesterday, spending time with friends and family. I know uh, we did as well over on the PR team. We are back for a Victory Tuesday. So everyone can enjoy their Monday with a Bucs win and it being Christmas. Then we're back for Tuesday to talk further about that Buccaneers win. So a happy Victory Tuesday to everybody. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the future of the Bucks and the couple players in particular during today's roll call i'm your host matt matera joined with me is my fellow colleague from pewter sr scott reynolds scott happy or merry belated christmas to you how was your holiday
1: uh it was great um we're still partaking over here at the reynolds household we're having a bit of a family party over here after uh uh, christmas so um should be a lively show for me because (laughs) i've gone from having two celsius To some bourbon. So let's have a good time here on Victory Tuesday. And and the cool thing that Todd Bowles did after the game, Matt, on Sunday night is, hey, Victory Monday. And, of course, Victory Tuesday because the players don't report on Tuesday. So the Buccaneers got off Monday and Tuesday for Christmas and today, the day after Christmas. And we'll report uh, for duty tomorrow. And we'll be there, of course, the Peter Report team, um, Matt, Matera, myself. And we'll see who all shows up. But um, we'll have all the action covered. Uh, from one Buccaneer place tomorrow, so should be, um, uh, you know, a, a great day of coverage, and we'll have our our um, our new Peter Report podcast. You're tuning in for the Victory Tuesday podcast, of course. But tomorrow we've got Bucks versus Saints preview, and that guy right there, Yaya Diaby, Yaya Diaby. I mean, what a fantastic rookie season he's had as a third round pick. Um, I'll tell you, we we just, we, we got to stop and pause for a second here, right? Because Santa came on Monday. Yeah. And, and gave some some gifts to everybody, you know, all the good boys and girls out there. But, man, Jason Light. I mean, Matt, the, the draft picks that this guy has been able to hit on year after year after year. And we talked about it on Sunday. Logan Hall, uh, not the best draft pick as of yet. Joe Try and Schoenka, not the best draft pick of yet. What does he do this year? Drafts Kalijah Kansey to essentially replace Logan Hall or at least give Logan Hall some time to develop and in the same thing with Yaya Diaby to come out there and, and and allow this team to to really have that that edge rusher that that can be a real factor right because it's it's not Joe Cristouenka you know they tried and it's just not him and that's okay but there's no sacred cows with Jason Light he's going to go out there and continue to stockpile this team with talent and boom i mean um, this guy, Diaby, he's he's something else. And we it's been a joy for you and I to talk to him in the locker room. Yeah, great um, guy
0: to, to conversate with.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it just he wants to be great. And I and I tell you, when you when and you and you and I, we've talked to to both Kalaja Kansi, we've talked to Yaya Diaby, and both of these guys, they want to be great. Um reminds me a little bit of of Sap and Brooks back in the day, back in ninety five coming in. Where the team wasn't great back then. It was horrible. I mean, these were the ears when those guys came in. And, you know, Brooks had played at Florida State back when Florida State, you know, and they're still good. They should still be in the playoffs. But yeah. I mean, this is back when Florida State was, was a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And this is back when Saps Miami Hurricanes were a powerhouse. And these guys had played each other in high school You know, they were rivals in college and then they come together and they transformed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you just kind of have the sense. These guys, they're serious about the game. They're serious about getting better. They have a veterans mentality. They're not not saddled with the fact that, oh, I'm a rookie. I'm supposed to be learning. No, these guys want to be great right now. And, man... The future is so bright with Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby, Matt.
0: Yes, yeah, Scott. I, I'm glad that you brought this up first because with Yaya in particular, um, I, I think it's a great balance of yes, determined to want to be great, but also having this new energy and exuberance of being in the league. It's almost like when you watch a child who you know sees like a toy car or um, like learns how to you know, put together uh, a fort or something like that. And it's like, for an adult, it's like, okay, you've done that a million times. Maybe not put together a fort, but, you know, make breakfast, make cereal or something like that. And for an adult, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. I do this every morning. But for a child experiencing it the first time, there's this joy about it. And you kind of see it with Yaya and Kalijah Kansi, but Yaya maybe because he got to do it from training camp all the way to the season where he's just so happy being in the nfl uh at the moment and that he's finding success i think has been really important. right not just finding success but i mean leading the team in sacks all the uh, tackles for loss it's been great yes to- and it's funny that you brought up the, the draft history of jason light because i was actually thinking about this this morning and we did not talk about this before the show so it's not like we we set up this bit or anything but i was like right. this morning i was like damn like jason light is on a bit of a heater right now. You go, <laughs> yes. back to, you go back to, you know, the 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 historic draft by him of Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield Jr. I was actually thinking about that this morning. That I think those two picks may go down as the most important draft picks in the history of this sport organization outside of the two guys you just mentioned. Yeah, ninety right. yep. yep. five. This will go down as one of the most historic drafts in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then. You you add that with what they've done this year with Elijah Cancy making a major impact once he's been healthy joining this team. Cody yep. Mach, who is a steady starter that yeah, I think we're all in agreement is only going to get better as the yep. years roll in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- Diaby and everything that he's done over the, the past two months, you can only imagine if he started from the beginning of the season or started, you know, five games into the season. What how right. much bigger his impact could possibly be and that even goes without saying how much progression we've seen from last year's draft class with Rashad White and Lou Geteke starting an offensive tackle and Jake Kamarda obviously being very important <laughs> yes. as a punter and Zion McCollum and what he's meant to the team this yeah. year so every single every single GM is going to get criticism for picks that don't work out but you guys it's almost like uh it's almost like the Wolf of Wall Street when, before Leo really hits a big. He's like, I only ask you to judge me on my losses because there's been so little. Right. Yeah, and it's like, you look at Zion and Rashad and Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby and Tristan Worf and Anson Winfield Jr. And the good far, far, far outweighs the bad yeah. right now in terms of uh, Jason Light's overall draft pick. So if you want to knock him for Logan Hall, you better praise him for Kalijah Kansi.
1: Great point. Totally agree. No, I, th- I think you're exactly right. And I think a lot of these... Awesome pewter people in here. Hold on. First of all, like, we have to acknowledge you guys. It's like, we do this show for you, yes. right? I mean, Matt and I, we can pick up the phone. We can talk Buccaneers if we want, right, yeah. after the game. We do this show for you guys, the pewter people. The The amount of traffic we had on Sunday, and, and I know they beat the Jaguars, and it was a very convincing win that has you all excited, and that's awesome. And we're right there with you, okay? Yeah. 30 to nothing at one point, 30 to 12 for the final, whatever. It's Christmas Eve. This is a yeah. 4.05 game. The game gets over at, you know, just after 7 o'clock. We didn't even do the podcast until 8 o'clock after game, which we usually do, right? It's 8 o'clock, right? Santa's on his way. Yeah. Okay. It's time to get kids tucked into bed, right? And the whole shebang. We're approaching 9,000 views for the podcast on Christmas Eve. Thank you Peter people yeah. holy smokes you guys came uh in droves um we're, we're we're close to in in terms of our traffic on pewterreport.com, for our post game coverage all right we're we're working hard we're cranking these stories for you guys and probably expecting okay it's Christmas Eve it's going to be a little bit lighter day in terms of traffic we get it we know the bucks won you guys are fighting traffic to come home from the stadium to get the kids tucked in bed Santa's coming right all that that business right we got that I mean, Amelie Arena sold out, I think, is around 17,000 people for a Lightning game. That's what her traffic was on Sunday night, on Christmas Eve. So thank you, for your Peter people, for showing up the way you did for the podcast, for PeterReports.com. You guys are awesome. And we're happy to serve you. We're thrilled to serve you as your conduit between the team and your fandom. And I was blown away. Like I was, I was expecting like, okay, it's going to be a little softer. I get it. It's Christmas Eve. If it was a one o'clock game, different story. A little bit more time after the game. Four o five start. I get it. You got to get home. You got family stuff going on. You guys came out in droves for us, and we are absolutely like thankful for that. So thank you. And also, <laughs> Maddie Diamonds, Paul, thanks you because. He made damn near one thousand dollars with Peter picks and props. So Maddie Diamond gets his love yeah, let's from go. Paul, yeah. aka Florida Dreamhouse. Thank you Good so job. much,
0: Paul, uh, for that comment. Thank you to all the the, the Peter people. It's, I mean, Scott said it perfectly, so I can't really add much more. But it, it it's it's I know it's the holiday season, so we're, there's a lot of talk about joy. It truly is so much joy when we interact with everybody. When yeah, um, we have great conversation. You guys have fantastic comments and questions and everything else. So, um, you guys really drive this vehicle, and I could no not be more happy and thankful to um, yeah. you know to do this show and interact with everybody on a uh, pretty much on a daily basis. I mean, we do the yeah, show. It's four so times much fun. Week, so, yeah. uh, it's pretty often. We got a couple super chats as well. Starting with our guy Paul, aka Florida Dreamhouse. Thank you for the two uh, dollars super <laughs> chat. Who says? Bring me Baker haters. I've got something to say to you. Yeah, you could have done this on Festivus. That would have been nice, uh, having the, <laughs> the area grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people.
1: And you're going to hear about
0: it. But you, you know what, Paul? To your credit, you've been banging the drum for Baker Mayfield since right. training camp. And it hasn't always been great with uh, Baker and the Bakerettes. I don't know what we can call his uh, his his, uh, his fan base at the moment. Because right. the Hall sounds a little bit better than the Baker. Mayfield, <laughs> but nonetheless, um. You know, Baker Mayfield is, is the talk of the town right now. I mean, outside of MVP discussion between Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy up until last night's game and, and maybe Tua and Josh Allen. I mean,
1: Baker- And Tyreek Hill. I'm, we have I'm to give Tyreek Baker- his props, too. Yeah,
0: Tyreek Hill as well. But in terms of quarterbacks, I'm not putting Baker in the MVP discussion. Um, but Baker Mayfield is getting his flowers at the moment. And he has played great over the last two games in particular. Even going back to that Atlanta game, something we touched on a little bit just finding his rhythm in crunch time and making the big throws at the end. It's carried over into the last two games. And more than anything else, this team is just comfortable. And they love playing for each other. I mean, Tristan Wirfs talks about it all the time. You hear other analysts talking about it too. The chemistry that this team has built, you cannot quantify. And I'm not saying that they didn't have it with Tom Brady. They just had it in a very different way where, you know, Brady at time, like Brady was the boss. And it was like, oh, we don't want to – we don't want to let down uh, someone who's more of a a boss figure slash like right. rental figure versus like Baker just feels like either your big brother or just another family member or just your boy. And maybe it's a little bit because there was really no pressure for the team going into the season because expectations on the outside were so low. There was pressure on Baker, no doubt about it, because he wanted to prolong his career for sure. Uh, but Baker is... And the offense. Yeah. And a lot of times the, the offense goes as the quarterback goes. He is trending up at the right time. And uh you know it's a really special thing to see yeah. for, for how much so many people care about him.
1: I think that's it. Salty ba- salty buccaneer has it. That's what you call the collective of bak- the baker fans, yeah. the bakery. That yeah. that's it. That's it. You nailed people. it. So we lo- we love you guys. That's it. The, the bakery. bakery. The, the bakery. That's it. Yes. That's it. There's no doubt. That's it. The bakery. The, the bakery. Baker Mayfield and the bakery. Boom. Nailed it. Love it. Love it. Salty Buccaneer. Fantastic. Love
0: this uh, 1999 Super Chat as well. Thank you to uh, Adam Hamilton who says, I just want to send my condolences to Scott and his family during this time. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you guys for all of your awesome work in providing Bucks fans with this amazing platform. Love y'all and go it definitely is a lot more fun, especially when this team is winning. Because yeah. now we got to talk about the playoffs. They haven't clinched it just yet, but right. they, are, they are on the cusp.
1: Who of wants them. to play this team right now? Who right. wants to play this team? 30 points per game, the defense coming around. If this defense can continue to get sacks and takeaways and the offense scores 30 points a game, look out. I mean, 27 points out of the Tampa Bay's 29 points against the Falcons, right? Three weeks ago. Thirty-four yeah. points at Green Bay. Nobody saw that coming. Thirty points against the Jaguars. They're averaging thirty points per game. That was the magic number during Tampa Bay's Super Bowl run in 2020. Not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. Not no. saying that they're that they're not. But if we're looking at this objectively, I mean, thirty points per game, Matt, was a dream back in. October for this team right I mean you remember like the Falcons (laughs) game 13 points where they get 11 points against the Lions something like that I mean it's just it's been a it's been a struggle but you know Dave Canales has been good to us he's told us from the get-go he said listen it's going to take half the season to get this running game going and it's exactly the truth the reason why is is because the way the NFL is structured in this day and age and Matt, you and I, we've been out there for how many training camps have we covered together? Five or six, the yeah, last couple of years, at least four or five. Yeah, like. man. It's like, and it's, it's painful to watch in this day and age. And of course I've got some years on you. You know, I'm used to the two a days, right. Double padded practices, all that stuff. But, but there's no more live periods. And if it is a live period, it's like once or twice during camp where it's like five minutes of like good on good. And, yeah. and they're really cracking pads. But, the only time that you have to work on the running game where it's full 100% physicality on physicality is is on Sundays. It's on game days. And so even during the, the, the season, I mean, Matt, you're out there at practice. It's like Wednesdays are walkthroughs. Yeah. The only time they practice. Yeah. The yeah, only time they practice is Thursday and Friday. They're in shells. They're not in, in full pads now. They're resting to keep their guys fresh for Sunday. So. The only time you have to work on the running game, which is physical, right? It's, that's where you're, 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 your goal, your expectation is to move people, you're, to move the line of scrimmage, to advance the line of scrimmage. The only time you have the chance to perfect that is on Sundays for, what, 50, 60, 65 plays? Yeah. So it's a work in progress to get this newfangled offensive line with a bunch of new players all coming together. And a new coordinator, a new play caller, a rookie play caller at that, Mm -hmm. a new quarterback, a new running back. New (laughs) online. Yeah, uh, Dip Canales said it. It's going to take us half a year to get the running game going. Well, what's happened during the second half of the season? They've got the running game going. And even when it's not clicking like it wasn't against the Jaguars, the passing game was.
0: And that's exactly what I was going to say is I'll take it a step further. The run game in general has progressed leaps and bounds over the last month or so, the last three or four games. The run game in particular was not even good um, on Sunday, but that speaks to the growth of Dave Canales. And he even said it last week of like, I don't go in saying, we have to pound the rock. We have to pound the rock. The name of the game is just to put points up on the board. So I want to give credit to Canales for just – taking advantage of where the bucks could beat the jaguars on sunday and that was throwing the ball he didn't say oh we're just going to keep running it running it running it the passing game was so freaking good that it didn't yeah. matter that their run game was subpar uh, against right. the jaguars because they scored so many points so he was able to adjust on the fly what right. was working and you know hit that button every single time and that's why the bucks jumped You're out right. to a 30 nothing lead next week they may run it 45 yeah. times if that back- you know gets in the best Shot at uh, scoring 30
1: points. And that you're exactly right. And the thing is, the Jaguars were so concerned about the run, right? Yes. Which We haven't, we haven't seen a team so concerned about the run. The Jaguars were selling out against the run for, for a change, and that opened up the passing game. And, and that's what Canals has wanted to get to all along, is we want a running game that makes you so concerned about it that you're selling out against the run that both Mike and Chris are open. Yep. That you've got to commit a safety up there and say, you know what, Tampa Bay, your, your running game has got us concerned and we're going to shut it down at all costs. But then when you do that, it's at peril because Chris Godwin and Mike Evans can hurt you. And Baker is finding both of those guys right now over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, what we're finding we're finding out that, hey, it's a Tuesday, right? We get that. But it's a victory Tuesday. And we usually don't do podcasts on Tuesday, but you know what? It's the holidays. And because of that, um, we're going to treat you guys to something that we always do on Mondays, whether the Bucks win or lose. It's a thing called
0: Roll Call. Where are you at, Peter, people? Yes, this is a special Tuesday edition of Roll Call. For those that may not know, if you're uh, joining us for, for the first time, first of all, thank you for watching this show, the Peter Report Podcast. But we do this every Monday or Tuesday. In this case, where uh, it's just another fun way that we interact with all of our fans that we love so much, the Pewter people. Um, in a moment, Scott's going to go on a, a little bit of a discussion about two players in particular. One of them we uh, we spoke about at the beginning of the show um, and talk about your favorite team, the Buccaneers. And in the meantime, if you want to tell us where you were watching the show from, we will put it up on the screen because we got great fans in Tampa, in the state of Florida in the United States, and internationally as well. Each week, we got fans that pop up from all over the globe. So we'll put you guys up on the screen and um, give a couple shout-outs after. So, Scott, without further ado, please take it away.
1: All right. I tweeted this out this morning on the Peter Report account, or exposed it now, whatever it is, because it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. But we got to talk about Antoine Winfield Jr., right? This guy is having (laughs) – to say he's having a great – Contract year would be an understatement. He is having a legendary year. I've covered this team for 28 years. This year is like when Warren Sapp had 16 and a half sacks. This year is like when Shaq Barrett back in 2019 had 19 sacks to lead the NFL in sacks that year. This is like Derek Brooks in 2002 when he was the NFL defensive player of the year, helping the Bucks win the Super Bowl. I appreciate that, Xi Jinping. I um, <laughs> appreciate you. Um, you know, um, whether you're a dictator or not, we appreciate your presence, yeah. Xi Jinping. So thank you. Um, but th- this is one of the best defensive performances of all time. It's it's almost like Levante David's 2013 season where he should have been a pro bowler yet made the all pro because he had five interceptions and and all this. I mean, just seven sacks, whatever he had. It was tremendous. This guy is having a legendary season. Why not Antoine Winfield Jr. for Defensive Player of the Year? I don't think there's been a clear-cut Defensive Player of the Year. I know Deron Bland gets all of the hype because of the pick sixes. He's also given up some touchdowns, and aside from those plays, he's been good but not great. But I don't think you can sit there and take his body of work with those pick sixes as legendary as they've been, because he's what had like five or six this year. But Winfield has been consistently a one man gang for this team, and Tampa Bay is not America's team. There's no Tom Brady on this team anymore. They're not as as uh, visual as they as they have been over the past three years with Brady at the helm. They're not as uh, prime timey that's a word, Um, as I say in my my bourbon stupor here, uh, as the Cowboys are, right? Uh, We get that. But look at the numbers. 110 tackles from Antoine Winfield Jr. Five sacks, which is a new career high. Five sacks for any defensive back in a year? That's a lot. That's Rondé Barber-esque. 12 passes defensed. Uh, That number plus the five sacks Plus the five forced fumbles, which is also a career high and a team high for the Buccaneers. In addition to a team leading four fumble recoveries. The only thing this guy has not done this year is a pick six. It might be coming. It might come this week against the Saints or it might come against the Panthers. I'm not going to bet against Anton Winfield Jr. This guy deserves to be, in my opinion, the NFL defensive player of the year because I can't think of anybody else that's more deserving than Winfield. Now, let's not just stop there because, yeah, yeah, Diaby. In my opinion, he's the defensive rookie of the year. Forget the fact that he wasn't a starter until just a couple weeks ago. This guy has six and a half sacks. It's tied for the the, the league lead for rookies in terms of sacks. But he's had the biggest impact. He just had a sack and a half, which is significant because it shows he can get to the quarterback more than once per game. It also ended up where he had the trifecta, the sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery against the Jaguars. So this guy has two fumble recoveries, a forced fumble. Um, He is second in the league in terms of rookies with tackles for loss with nine uh, only one fewer than his teammate, Kalijah Kansi, who has 10 tackles for loss, which leads all rookies. So in my opinion, this guy, yeah, yeah, Diaby, he can do it against the run. He can do it against the pass. He was a bit of a one-year wonder at Louisville. We got really the first look at him, uh, Matt, at the Senior Bowl, and he rushed inside. They used him as as a defensive tackle at the senior bowl when he was really an edge rusher at Louisville. Well, where did he get his sacks on Sunday? Well, he got one as an outside linebacker. He got the other one coming up the middle where he got that sack forced fumble. So to me, this guy is, is ascending. He is a, a, a dynamo. He is a player that is really coming on as a pass rusher. And in my opinion, he can do it all. Um, This is the breakout year, but there's going to be more breakout years for Yaya Diaby. He will be a double-digit sacker. And I'm not going to rule it out this year, although there's only two games left. And he's a six and a half, so it would take two really good games to get there. But in my opinion, Yaya Diaby is a player that... Will end up being a double-digit sacker for years to come for the Buccaneers. I really think this guy is scratching the surface of where he where he can and will be. And, Matt, we talked about at the beginning of the show. He and Kalaja Kansi have the seriousness about him. Yeah. They both want to be great. They both want to take this team to new heights. And um, he deserves to be defensive rookie of the year. Antoine Winfield Jr. deserves to be the defensive player of the year. I know the Buccaneers are kind of Johnny Come Lateley to this whole thing mm-hmm. because they started off the year three and one, and then had that wicked slump that sent them down to four and seven. We're talking, you know, possible head coaching changes. Give this team credit for this four game winning streak, and the two guys on the defensive side that have been at the precipice of this turnaround for the Buccaneers. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Yaya Diaby.
0: Yeah, Scott, you make great points about both players. So the things that I'll add on isn't even really like what they've done because you just kind of laid that out. But in terms of the competition for said respective um, accolades, you know, TJ Watt leads the NFL with 17 sacks. It's a little bit of an apples and oranges type of thing. Like it shouldn't just go to, oh, well, this guy has a ton of sacks. He's the defensive player of the year, where Winfield Jr., has stats all over the place. I mean, right. Um, tackling-wise, it's, it's all linebackers that lead it. I believe Jesse Bates has seven more tackles than Antoine Winfield Jr., but yeah. he's right in that conversation. Yeah, Winfield's got the three interceptions. He leads all of the NFL in forced fumbles. Not a oh. linebacker. <laughs> um, yeah. It's Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah, that's so. a great
1: point, Matt. I'll stop you right there. Yeah. Shaq Barrett, with 19 sacks in 2019, was a pro bowler, yeah. but he was not defensive player of the year. And he, he could have been. Maybe should have been. Yeah. I don't know who got it that year, but yeah, just so, because you have 17 sacks doesn't mean you're an automatic, you know, uh, insertion into that that category. In my opinion,
0: yeah, because like, how do how do you make an argument for an edge rusher that's one who's one job and there's multiple jobs? Um, and TJ Watts, I'm not discrediting the player that right. he is; he's a fantastic player. But you know, like, theis only Junior has more tackles than TJ Watt, and TJ's on right. the line of scrimmage. T.J. Watt has one interception, but Antoine Foucault Jr. has three. And Antoine has a number of sacks. So it's kind of difficult to argue a defensive end or an edge rusher versus a guy that plays 40 yards That's <laughs> behind right. the line of scrimmage. Um, and then for Yaya Diaby, Yaya Diaby um, the odds on favor right now is Jalen Carter. And I get it. there's always a lot of hype around him to begin with. The Eagles are a team that just played in the Super Bowl last season. So there's always a lot of discussion uh, around him but yaya has more sacks with less time starting who that's knows right. how yaya could have looked if he was starting from day one and i get it like you still needed to give jts some of those opportunities and zach blobner had a had a great bit about it uh on wdae talking mm-hmm. about you never know but they also had to figure things out with logan hall right jts but now that yaya's in there let's see how these last two games play out. that's
1: right
0: let's say yaya gets two sacks in each game. So I would put him at nine and a half. Let's say maybe he gets two and a half next week. And then or probably more two and a half against the Panthers. Right. And two against the saints. And he gets a double digit sacks. you telling me that an outside yeah. linebacker that didn't start until almost halfway through the year and got double digit sacks. Isn't the, um, you know, the defensive rookie of the year. And then right. that goes back to, well, what about Witherspoon on the Seahawks that made mm-hmm. a lot of plays as a cornerback? Yeah. How do you, how do you measure that? yeah yeah did it's it's kind of the same discussion with Winfield and and Watt but I think what's most important is that these guys should at least be in the conversation I I agree on Brady's not there but like people know of the city of or the area of Tampa Bay it's not like uh when you think of Florida you think of Miami Orlando and Tampa Bay you know um so, I just hope that they, and you know, good morning football's done a good job of it, whether it's yeah. wearing a Coke Heath jersey the other day or right. talking about Yaya today. So, they're getting a little bit more recognition, and I hope that— um, I think
1: Jason Light's been planting some of those seeds, too. So I'm going to give Jason yeah. props for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh By the way, let's give some props to yes. uh, everybody, all the oh, people You that, guys have
1: shown up on a Victory Tuesday. Yeah, Holy smokes, Victory man. Tuesday, Day after Christmas. Uh,
0: everybody coming in drove, so yeah. I wish I could get to every single person, but definitely want to give a, a lot of shout-outs to multiple people. Let's do it. Bowen from Brattville, Alabama roll tide we'll be in nice. Alabama in Mobile for the yeah. bowl coming up at the, uh, the end of next month just got my uh, email that said my credentials are approved so we will be there there we go shout out to uh Redfish Mark Fisher for watching from Fayetteville North Carolina we got a local uh, Charles Scott in St Petersburg awesome. this man we uh, already spoke to a little bit Yeah. Ping, watching from Hong Kong that's very cool that Peter Report has reached Hong Kong Buck Nasty SRT Hellcat from Augusta, Georgia. I nice. love the Masters, so uh, shout-out to Augusta. Yeah. Corey Donovan from Lakeland, another local yeah. there. Now the Baker Mayfield effect. Soonerborn, watching from Norman. Sooner! I'm glad to there have you Soonerborn. Yep. It's been a great run for Baker over the yep. last few games. A little bit of the Miami area. Dade Edison City. From Dade yep. City. Uh, David Doker from Weir, Mississippi. Shout-out to the Mississippi area. Yeah. Shout out to uh Yellowstone uh, with oh, Baz Clef love Montana. from Billings, yeah. Montana. Uh, D Kakareka following uh Scott's instruction from last show talking about where he's from and his favorite guest gift as he's watching from Chicago yeah. and says favorite gift, best uncle. <laughs> That's cool, bar. so very cool, love it. Uh, and then we got a couple of uh internationals to round it out Frederick Graf watching awesome. from Gothenburg Sweden. so Yas, very nice. And uh, Um Canal Ale Torito, watching from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. It's the next NFL international destination. Very cool. In 2024. And
1: y'all show up in droves. We love it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And again, all over the place. So uh, really love that you guys turned out for this. Appreciate all of your um, support and participation in this conversation. Next thing I want to converse about, it's our great sponsors that uh, drive this podcast. Celsius Energy Drinks, of course, is what I am talking about. Celsius has so many great flavors from the uh, Cosmic Vibe to the Oasis Vibe. Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite, but you can't go wrong with any flavor, as you see on the screen. you got the Sparkling Wildberry, the Sparkling Orange, Sparkling Watermelon, the Peach Mango, Peach Vibe. So tons and tons of great flavors. There's no sugar. There's no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius, if you're anywhere in the States, Go to the uh, store locator on the Celsius website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location where you can pick one up. It could be a Walmart, health and fitness store, a Target, a 7-Eleven, or if you're in the Northeast, it could be a bodega.
1: Bodega.
0: And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you want to get more and you want to get it in bulk, you're in luck because you can. That's when you head on over to Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save and you can have it. Sent to your place of residence whenever you want. I'd recommend getting that variety pack. It's spice of life. But, yeah, you're in charge. You're the captain. Have it sent every week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com.
1: Liza, I'm with you. It is hard to find the cold Celsius, but you can find it on Amazon. The great thing is you can get it in bulk. They'll ship it to you in terms of a case. Right to your door. So go to Amazon.com and uh, click on the Cola Celsius, and they'll ship it right to you. So, I'm a big fan of the Cola Celsius. It's a it's a great afternoon beverage. I prefer the orange in the morning, or um, even like the uh, the Oasis vibe or the Arctic vibe. But in the afternoon, it's that lemon lime for me, and it's cola.
0: Very nice, very nice. Let's keep the uh, super chats rolling in because we got a couple to get to. So thank you to Mark Fisher, Rev thank Fish, you. for the 4.99 super chat who says. How would you say 2023 Bucks compare with the 2022 version? Coaching, talent, play, locker room, both have been crazy, <laughs> agonizing, and enigmas at times for this fan.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say, and, and I remember saying this in the summer, and I think I tweeted it out, or maybe I mentioned it like in an SRS bat 5. I said, don't be surprised when Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield scored more points per game than Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich. And I meant it then, and it's coming true now. It took a while, but they're there. Yeah. They're over that 18 points per game hump. The last three games, they have averaged 30 points per game. This is real. This is a trend. This is not a fluke. It's a fluke when it's once or twice. When it's three games in a row, it, it's, not, it's not a fluke. So um, this is where this team is right now. And, and, Matt, it's different because last year it seemed like this team was always, like, at 500 or one game below. At 500 yeah. or one game below. It was, like, like close to the surface. It's like they were drowning the whole season. It's like yeah. they come up for air, then they're drowning again. Come up for air, they're drowning again.
0: Yeah, it was never more than, like, a two-game skid or a two-game right. winning streak. That type of thing. Where this yeah. has been, like, oh, my God, they're three and one to, oh, my God, they've lost six and seven. So, holy yes. crap, they just won four in a row <laughs> yes. and they're, they could glitch next week
1: it's it's like they were you know they were three and one and then they were four and seven and they were literally drowning at the bottom of the ocean and poseidon the god of the ocean says i will awaken you and i will bring you to the surface and he like grabbed him with the trident and like took him to the top and said all right now now you're above the water now you can breathe and you can flourish and it's, it's now like this team is getting out of the ocean they're on shore right and they're you know they're a bunch of pirates. Uh, they they survived the you know the, the the salty sea and now they're on land and they're digging for treasure and boom they're eight and seven and I mean they've got two games left and these are winnable games at home against the Saints. Todd Todd Bowles is three and zero against the Saints. They seem to have their number. Uh, I know Carolina is playing well and I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina beats Jacksonville because Jacksonville is wounded. Yeah, they're playing better. Week eighteen is going to be a tough. Knockdown, dragout drag-out fight, but I think Tampa Bay is up for the challenge, and Matt, I liked what Todd Bowles had to say after the game he recognizes last year. They went into that Week 18 game with nothing to play for. Their playoff destiny was already known. It didn't matter win or lose, but they lost that game. They pulled the starters at the half. I think Todd Bowles is going in saying, you know what? Let's go ahead and, and win Week 18 against the Panthers, we're going to go for it. Starters are going to play. We're not going to ease up at all. We're not going to lose our momentum and our mojo. We're going to go into this, you know, assuming they win it against New Orleans, which I think they will. We're going to go into the playoffs with a six-game winning streak, which has only been done one time in franchise history in 1999 with Tony Dungy as the head coach. Wow. and. If I'm Todd Bowles <laughs> and I'm watching the Peter Report podcast and I'm hearing Matt and Scott talk about uh, you gotta win some games, you gotta show improvement. I want to be 10 and seven, not nine and eight, right? Yeah. I want to give the Glaciers every uh, you know, every reason not to fire me, not to switch coaches. I want to let them know I'm going in the right direction with this team. That Dave Canales, my offensive coordinator that I hired, is doing the right thing. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback that I went out and got from free agency with Jason Light, is doing the right thing. These draft picks that I collaborated with Jason Light on, they're they're playing, you know, the right way and we're winning. So yeah, I like the fact that this year is completely different from last year. Last year was yeah. like so just under the surface. Now this team is like rising up and two more wins. Look out for the Buccaneers, man. I mean, if the Dallas Cowboys want to come in here, they're not good on the road.
0: Yeah, they stink on the
1: road. They want to come in Raymond James Stadium. It's not going to be like last year. This is going to be a much different team. If this team can go six and zero down the stretch, nobody wants to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at yeah. home at Raymond James Stadium in the playoffs.
0: Especially on a six game winning streak. And I had a great conversation on Friday during practice with uh, with Greg Almond from uh, Fox Sports and River Wells, who's been on the show and um, We were kind of talking about, like, obviously they had to beat Jacksonville, which they did, but kind of navigating the end of the season. And Greg made a great point that, like, last year it made a little bit more sense to bench the starters because the whole thing was, like, protect Tom Brady and keep Tom Brady healthy for the playoffs. And that totally made sense in the moment. Uh, But when you look at it from taking a step back, yeah, you won the division, but you won an 8-9 and where if you went 9-8 and and you still lose in the first round – if the wound isn't as significant and then right. if they win out and win six in a row and they go to 10 and seven, then Todd Bowles can say, Hey, look, I've had two winning records as a head coach at, um at with nine wins last season and then improved that and got to double right. digit this season. I think that's more important. And then also just the momentum. Yeah. You never want to kill the momentum. That's right. It's a meaningless game. And I think last year where it was a whole, will they won't they type of thing. And Todd was very mum is the word about it. Right. I think, and again, they have to win. This is all the yep. have together. They have to beat the Saints. I think if you beat the Saints, you go in and say, we're going to play our starters Yeah. Week 18. Don't even allow the media to question it week in yep. and week out because Baker's that type of guy that wants to play. And it also reminds me, again, to go back to the momentum thing. I've been watching the show Survivor a lot more lately. Yeah. There was one. There was one season where – the two tribes, the one tribe just beat the crap out of the other tribe mm-hmm. every time. Like they won the first four challenges, the uh, the other prizes as well. Right. He said, "Why don't we like throw a game because we're annoyed with this one player on our team?" And they kind mm-hmm. of they did throw the game, and then they ended up losing like the next four challenges because the other team said, "Hey, we finally won one." And That's they right. Together, so you never want to snap the momentum. You just want to keep. I agree. For as long as you possibly yeah. can. So that includes six wins. That's going to help a lot more playing against Dallas in the first round versus you won five in a row. Totally you agree. lost against the Panthers, but eh, who cares? We have right. our starters. Nah, don't even let that go into your mind. I think that yeah. would be uh
1: Six wins, Matt, it's so hard to do in the NFL. I mean, it's hard for any team, whether you're a veteran-laden team, whether you're a Super Bowl, you know, um, favorite. It's hard to do. And gosh, if this Buccaneer team gets to six wins in a row under Todd Bowles and Dave Canales, um, the feeling of invincibility that you're going to have is is bar none. I mean, it's so hard to do. Whether you're a rookie, whether you're a seasoned veteran like Levante David and Will Golston, who have never, and Mike Evans, who have never experienced six wins in a row outside of the Super Bowl the super bowl year but that includes the playoffs we're talking regular season here that's so hard to do you do develop that sense of invincibility that bad assery that yeah. you need to win in the playoffs and it's it's dangerous man this is a dangerous buccaneer team if they win these next two games
0: very much so uh, thank you to salty buccaneer for this 499 super chat who says ravens fans are so mad i posted answer winfield jr versus kyle hamilton stats to claim Antoine Winfield Jr. as the number one safety in the NFL this season.
1: <laughs> Apparently, you.
0: we don't know ball, according to them. Anytime there's a primetime game and a player has a good game, and Kyle Hamilton yeah. had a fantastic game. Yeah, he's
1: played game. great, man. Um, yes.
0: You know, that that always gets a little more publicity than Antoine Winfield Jr. doing it on uh, Sunday at 4 o'clock. Yeah. That's just right. kind of the nature of – if Antoine had this – if that game yesterday was on primetime, everyone would be like, oh, my God, Antoine oh, yeah. Winfield Jr. So it's just the, the nature of timing. Um, in that situation, they're two great safeties. I'm sure Bucks fans would never want to swap Antoine Winfield Jr. for Kyle. Right. Jr. I'm sure Ravens fans wouldn't want to swap Kyle Hamilton for Antoine Winfield right. Jr. They're both fantastic safeties. And I think uh, you're really splitting hairs in, mm-hmm. in that type of discussion.
1: Yeah, I, well said. And, you know, let the best man win. And you know what? Um, if Antoine Winfield Jr. doesn't get the Defensive Player of the Year award, here's what I predict will happen. He's going to get his bag at the end of the year. That is assured. He will be re-signed and probably be, what, the first $20 million safety or whatever the number is, right? Yeah, I mean, oh it's God. it's going to be ridiculous. That's going to be one of those checks, though, that Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, and the Lasers they're happy to sign. And I think that just motivates Winfield Jr. even yeah. more next year to say, oh, really? Okay, well, I got my bag. I'm not satisfied. I want the recognition, and here I go. Here we go again. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again next year. Speaking of next year, Matt, yeah. Paul Bowen with the dollar ninety nine super chat says, This team seems like it could be top tier next year. It, it really in the is. Division, in the
0: division, it sure yeah. as
1: hell could be. A couple of weeks, or probably about a month ago now, I did a Pewter Pulse video. And I apologize, haven't done one lately. It's been a lot, you know, with the personal stuff I've got going on with my father's passing. I'm gonna do some pewter pulses next week. So and probably this week too, so hang on to that. But one of the more recent ones I've done was the coaching carnage in the NFC South. And Matt, it looks like Todd Bowles could keep his job winning the NFC South. And that could mean that Dennis Allen gets fired in New Orleans. It could mean that Arthur Smith gets fired in Atlanta. This would be unprecedented coaching change. Three out of the four coaches in any division getting fired in any year is a revelation. That could be the case this year in the NFC South, should the Buccaneers win in the Falcons and Saints, and that also ran category for yet another year. The Bucs would be three-time NFC South champions. Man, if that's the case, and if Todd Bowles and Dave Canales continue to build on what they have done this year with Baker Mayfield and some continuity, continuity's king in the NFL. We saw Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton ruled this division for years yeah. because of that continuity, right? Dennis Allen is the defensive coordinator for years. Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, you know, um, um, we, we've seen the Saints be that team for years. Now they're getting older and they're falling apart. And it's the Buccaneers time. And we could see some real unprecedented continuity from Tampa Bay with three teams in the NFC South being in disarray with new coaching staffs and personnel changes, etc. So it very well could be even better for the Buccaneers next year than this year.
0: Oh, absolutely. With with a year of Dave Canales' offense under their belt, is only going to be that much better. Now, there are some keys to keeping that continuity, as you just said, and being top tier. They need to re-sign Mike Evans. They have to make sure Mike Evans is back. Uh, they need to make sure Levante David is under contract again. They yeah. have to give that money to Antoine Winfield Jr. and hopefully yeah. extend um, Tristan Wirfs as well. Because if you do off that, then you got a core group intact. Oh, and Baker Mayfield as well. Right, um, right. So you bring Baker back. You bring Mike under contract. So you have Mike and Chris together for another season. You still have a very young offensive line that's pretty yeah. much all there. Aaron Stinney I don't think is going to have a crazy amount of suitors. So you can go right. and, and re-sign him to – and a pretty inexpensive contract where sure. you get to raise, but it still doesn't hurt the salary cap. Maybe you upgrade at center and you have Robert Hainsey as a pretty solid backup um, if anything were to happen. So yeah. yeah, those signings need to be made, but yeah, if you keep that group together, yeah, I mean, they are going to be the favorite for the NFC South next season. And uh, before we get to Kathy super chat, one last thing I want to say, because I, I saw a tweet from uh, Nick Underhill who covers the Saints. He's got a pretty big following. Yep, And he was saying that the, the Bucks. The the Saints went all in with this with the signing of Derek Carr and the Bucs right. putting quotations took half measures. And yeah. I just I I strongly disagree with that because the Bucks committed to paying the Tom Brady tax this year. Right. So therefore, they were never going to compete with trying to sign uh Derek Carr or when right. Mark Jackson was available and the Ravens could have matched it. They were never even in that conversation because they just couldn't afford it. Yeah, But to say that they took half measures, I just think is not true because within the confines of what money they did have, they brought in Baker Mayfield to at least make it a quarterback uh, competition. They re-signed Jamel Dean. They re-signed Levante David. They brought in Ryan Neal, who struggled in the beginning of the year, but since they have really cut down his snaps, he's been fine. And he was really important in that game when they beat the Panthers when he had to play linebacker. So they didn't have a lot of money to work with, and they still made a formidable team. So just to say that they took half measures, I just think is untrue. Yeah. They played within the confines of the money that they had. Yeah. Um, well,
1: and you know what? We, we've got a Sandspan here owning it, which is great. Eugene Sutherland, welcome to the Peter Report podcast. We appreciate that. Sandspan here, got to give it up. Your management and players both handled business and deserve it all. Cut my life into pieces. Well, <laughs> appreciate the sentiment there. And thanks for joining the, the show. And yeah, make you. sure you come back tomorrow because – Tomorrow we're actually going to be talking Bucks and Saints. It's uh, it's our preview show, and uh, and we'll also be talking about that on on Thursday as well. But the Bucks Saints preview tomorrow at four o'clock on Wednesday. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, and we we uh, appreciate your support, even though you're a Saints fan.
0: Yeah, no, of course. I mean, maybe you want to learn about the other team, and yeah. I mean they are in the division. But yeah, yeah definitely appreciate all all NFL fans of yeah. any teams. Uh, thank you to Kathy Gillespie for the five dollars super chat who said. They revered Brady. They were a great Baker. comment. Cassie, this is fantastic. Exceptional comment. It's almost it. true. And you can find success in both ways. They clearly did with Tom yep. Brady, but they're finding it in a new looking type of chemistry and camaraderie with, with Baker Mayfield. So that's yeah. great. Um, easy the Great, no pun intended to what I just said. Uh, thank you for the $5 super chat who says, Condolences to the Reynolds family. I can't help but wonder what Mark Cook would think about oh, Baker man. Mayfield mishearing that guy. The first thing is we missed out on a great opportunity to have yeah. What's Cooking with oh, Baker Mayfield. So yeah. like cooking and Baker. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. That's
1: the first thing I thought of. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He, Mark, knowing Mark, he would have changed it to What's Baking with yeah, Baker baking? Mayfield, right? I mean, like, that's just how, who he is. But he would love uh, Baker Mayfield just because of the swagger. I mean, Mark yeah. was a swaggerific guy as, as it was Plant City and... You know the, the the ginger badass. I mean, he just loved swagger. So to have Baker Mayfield as a quarterback on the heels of Tom Brady was would have been just fantastic. So yeah, I, I miss Mark Hook um, on on the regular. I think about that guy all the time. Um, just one of the best human beings I've ever come in contact with. The the world lost a great one. Yeah, um, a few years ago with Mark's passing, and and my dad loved Mark too, and so it's just been a double whammy for me uh, in that respect. But yeah, anytime y'all bring up Mark Cook, man, it just makes Matt and I smile. Yeah, we please do. Anytime, uh... And Mark Cook is the guy. I mean, he was in charge of our interns. And he got Matt Matera at the University yeah. of Tampa, and you know, look where where, where Maddie Diamonds is now. So it's like we, you know, we we've got uh, mutual affection, and always will be for Mark cook the legend no yeah doubt. i
0: i owe a ton to uh to mark and to scott as well and uh yeah miss mark a lot and yeah. he knew so much about the box and gave great analysis yep. but he also was able to pull the humor out of anything yes. able to um just live in the show uh, in different ways and no i feel like he and baker would have had some oh a yeah. great <laughs> friendship just the way that mark can kind of
1: yeah their exchanges yeah
0: people yeah what it would have been very funny a lot of fun like behind the scenes stuff Yep, um, for sure. Moving to this super chat. Thank you to LDBC's Most Wanted for the 4.99 super chat. Who said, "Not sure how many GMs can say they have four out of five offensive linemen on rookie contracts, great point. and the other is on a veteran minim- veterans minimum deal." Shout oh. out to Light, the best general manager. That's another great point. He Man. loves building through the trenches and yep. has been perfect every time. No, but again, uh, you know they lost Kappa last year in, in free agency, yep. and Ali Marpet retired. <laughs> <laughs> like
1: unexpected. So, Oh, and Ryan Jensen got thing. hurt. The Pro oh, Bowl Ryan, center, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, Ryan, well, that was not part of uh, the plan. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, got, hold on. That's a great point. Yeah. Ryan Jensen is still supposed to be the center this year. Ali Marpet is still under contract this year. Like, like that was supposed to happen, right? And for Light to kind of have to adjust course and, and go to plan B, Aaron Stinney and draft Cody Malk, this is not part of the plan. So for a guy that, that, like you said, Matt, like loves to build through the trenches in the draft, I mean, he has had to to find capital, right? Draft pick capital yeah. and, and put it in places where he thought we're, we're good, right? With Jensen and, and with with uh, with Ali Marpet. But yeah, I mean, it's just a tremendous job by, by Jason Light. There's no doubt. Yeah,
0: I mean... Week in and week out, he he's able to, or year in and year out, I guess yeah. should say, he's able to, um, you know, a, a assemble a group that has, has really done great things. Um, if you want to do great things when it comes to gambling and betting, the best place to uh, do that is over at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, get a first deposit bonus over at mybookie. If you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't just walk past it, so don't pass up a chance at easy cash with My bookie MyBookie.ag has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere, so you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL College Bowl games, which are going on right now. Minnesota just scored a touchdown. Shout out to Antoine Woodfield Jr.
1: There you Kobe. go.
0: Or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. We've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action. That time is now. To make your winning move today, sign up at MyBookie, use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. So that's $1,000 free in your MyBookie bank account. So even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So again, that's the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to claim your bonus. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag and check out their online casino as well for all their fun games. So that's mybookie.ag.
1: Yeah, um, Not a super chat, but important that we address this. Carlos Farley says, Scott, if number 45 balls out the last two games, do you think the Bucks will still let him walk after the season is over? Yes, I do. Um, this might be a little bit of a postseason war between Jason Light and um, Todd Bowles. Devin uh, gets all the credit for having a great bounce back game. Sometimes you need to be benched to have that kind of resurgence. And that was the case. And he played great against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But two games, three games at the end of the season does not, you know, a a season make. Um, There's been too many bad performances. And I think Jason liked to, Matt, you go back to Doug Martin, who balled out in his contract year. Back in 2015 and then when when you had Dirk Cutter take over as the head coach in 2016 Jason felt compelled I've got to give this new head coach who was his offensive coordinator I've got to give him his pro bowl running back right yeah and so he did that signed Doug Martin to that massive deal and what happened he didn't I don't think he hit 500 yards in any season after that and was not the 1,000 or not even 1,000, 1,400-yard rusher he was Mm -hmm. in in 2015. So uh, you got to look at the body of work. And two or three games at the end of the season, you can't let that recency bias change your opinion of who this guy is overall. A Tiger doesn't change his stripes, right? A Scorpion, what do Scorpions do? They sting. And Mm so I I think that they want Devin to play well, right? He's still a Buccaneer, but I don't think it changes anything for next year. I would be
0: worried about he gets his money. He gets his contract. Where's the motivation?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, let's get to the super chat from Kathy yeah. Gillespie. Thank you for this $5 super chat. Who says, the Aints will absolutely do their best to spoil the party. Yeah I, yeah, I think that's really important to remember is that this is going to be a desperate Saints team. Like, yes. As bad as they've been the past couple of weeks. When your back is against the wall, think about like yeah. in hockey when a team maybe it's game six and there's one team that could be eliminated. They yeah. tend to play a little bit better right. when elimination is on the line. So I am not expecting a cakewalk by any means for the Bucks um, in Raymond James Stadium. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think it's going to pretty much come down till the end because I agree. Uh, the, the Bucks are sorry, the Saints are facing elimination and yep. they they got to do everything they can to to keep in that race i agree thank you to adam hamilton for this 1999 super chat who says team is looking great i just have to ask how much of this is an illusion based on who we have played great good point illusion and this team seems like they have uh found their stride can we make some noise
1: I, I think to me, if if they finish the deal, if they win six in a row, it doesn't matter like how bad the teams are. It's hard to win in the NFL six games in a row, no matter yeah. who you're playing, right? Because you always have that rise up game where you have a, a bad team, rise up. How many upsets have we seen this year, right? How about
0: this weekend? I mean, the Patriots, yeah. the Patriots beat the Broncos, the yep. Raiders beat the um the Raiders the Chiefs in
1: Arrowhead. The Chiefs in Arrowhead. And- yeah
0: you know, Niners Ravens are two great teams, but everyone thought the Niners are going to win and the Ravens smoked them.
1: Yeah. I, I want took, some money I took on the Ravens plus five and a half <laughs> yeah, as well. Me too. Yeah. yeah. But you're right, Matt. And, and it's, it, it's so hard to win six games in a row, no matter who you're playing. So th- that's why I'm really kind of, I'm, I'm excited about where this team is right now, but I want to see how they finish because these two games are not going to be a cakewalk. The, the Panthers are playing good football right now. They're, they're not laying down. They're not quitting, and um, I would not be surprised if they beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville on Sunday. Matter of fact, I took the money line on my bookie on the Carolina Panthers. I'm expecting them to win because the Jaguars are are, are you know on the downward spiral right now. So we'll see. To me, it if they finish the season with six and zero as as their record and get to ten and seven. Um, I don't think it's an illusion Then I think it's a real deal.
0: Thank you to the crazy shank for this 499 super chat. It says, what are the odds that they find a way to get Godwin, his 1000 receiving yards yeah. shot white, 1000 yards rushing. Yeah. So I think again, they have to beat new Orleans and they're going to do whatever it takes to beat new Orleans. Right. With that said, if they, if they beat new Orleans, I'm assuming Chris Godwin will have an impact in the game. Right. <laughs> a couple of receiving yards. I'm assuming Rashad White will have an impact in the game. The Bucs have showed, and granted, this is under the Bruce Arians era, but Todd Bowles is there as well. The Bucs have showed that final week of the season, they try to get their guys paid with all That's right. They do. So um, does that mean focusing on Chris Godwin a little bit more, Rashad White? Yeah, absolutely. They will try to do those things within the confines of winning the football game. So I think there is a great chance that they could both hit their numbers, which – is another feather in the cap of Dave Canales, especially yeah. with everything that's gone on <laughs> with Chris Godwin this season. Yeah. He's a thousand yard receiver and he's, yeah. he's coming on the last couple of weeks as well, which is right. again, super, super important to this playoff run that the Bucks want to make. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised if they, if they feed those guys in week 18.
1: I'm with you. That was, that's what Dave Canales envisioned when he came here. A thousand yard rusher, 2000 yard receivers. They've yeah. done that in Seattle before. Why not? You know, um, we're going to go a couple minutes over time here. We, we give you guys an hour, but it's, it's the day after Christmas. We're, this is our present to you guys. We're going to go a few minutes over here. So we're, we're going to get to your questions and super chats to round out the show. Recent success will influence Mike Evans to resign. Yes, I, I do. I think that that Mike Evans wants to be a part of this Buccaneers team going forward. I would suspect the Buccaneers still want Mike to go out in free agency, find your number, Mike, bring it back to us, and we'll batch it. I think that's what's going to happen. I would not be concerned or worried if I'm a Buccaneer fan because they're going to do right by Mike. They're just not sure what that number is. So let the free market decide, bring that number back, and we'll match it. Now, it might be $24 million per year or $26 million per year somewhere else in a higher taxed state than Florida. So, 24 million might be 22 million in Florida because of no state income tax, right? So, keep that in mind. But Mike Greenberg, Jason Light, they got the calculators ready. They're going to calculate those numbers. And I would be shocked, Matt, and I think you would be too, if Mike Evans is not wearing number 13 in pewter and red next year.
0: Yeah, I, I would be more surprised, especially with how this team has played. Because the big thing is, like, yes. Mike wants money, but he's motivated by winning. And right. if the Bucks aren't winning. And, you know, if Baker wasn't going to come back and it was going to be a rookie quarterback, then yeah. there'd be more of a reason for Mike not to go. But now the team could win the division. They could win six in a row. There's no reason for Mike to leave because this right. team can, again, they're not a Super Bowl contender this year, but we're talking about yeah. another season with seasoning on this right. team. And they could very much be in the Super Bowl conversation yeah. next and,
1: season, which is crazy to think, but they could right. be. And Matt, how many times did we see, and you saw it being a Jets fan, how many times did you see the Patriots rule the roost in the AFC East year after year. At, as 13 wins because the division was a mess, right? Yeah. The Buccaneers could rule the NFC South for years to come if there's a coaching change in Atlanta, like we think there could be, in New Orleans, like we think there could be, in Carolina, like there already has been. This could be... An opportunity for the Buccaneers to rule the NFC for years to come if they finish strong and and if this team shows some continuity here. Are the red zones, are the red end zones back? Uh, Jay, Anitra asks, for the playoffs, that typically has been the case. So we we will see. Richard uh, Taroka says, is it safe to buy a Winfield jersey? right now or wait until the bucks officially resign i think it's safe matt what do you yeah uh, say
0: I, I think it's i think it's pretty safe and because i do think there is there should be some thought into buying jerseys for any sport because you want yeah. a player that's going to be there for quite a while right. uh but i think anton Winfield jr because also you can get a guy maybe he leaves the team but he's a historic player or an all-time great right. and i think with anton Winfield jr in a short amount of time has already kind of gotten into that discussion, like if you bought right. a Levante David jersey this year, he's probably only going to play for right. two, or three more seasons. You're still getting a ton of value as right. a jersey because he's going to be in the Ring of Honor one day.
1: No, there's so no doubt. Yeah,
0: I, I would, I would, I would recommend you. You could buy one now. It should be all
1: right. Speaking of Ring of Honor, the guy that we're going to put in our Ring of Honor when it comes to real estate agents is Eric Gross mm-hmm. and the Eric Gross Group. That's right. It takes a full team effort to win a football game. It takes a full team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. They've got experience at all types of situations. Eric is an avid Peter Report reader, as you know, a huge Tampa native whose father was stationed at MacDill Air Force Base. He knows this area like the back of his hand. He and his team have got the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, the commitment to excellence service that has set them apart in their field. With their strong team of vendors, a network of over 85,000 agents across the country with the EXP Realty Group, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Here's what I want you to do. Go to housesinfla.com. That's housesinfla.com. It's their website. Check it out. Let Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off your home buying or home selling experience. Find them on Facebook or Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Or give him a call at 513-907-4271. Identify yourself as a Pewter Report reader, visitor, or viewer. And he's going to give you the best possible treatment that you can get anywhere. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. Make sure you visit housesinfla.com.
0: Let's go to another super chat. Thank you to Salty Buccaneer with a dollar ninety nine. Says Jason Light, twenty twenty three Executive of the Year. Yeah. He's bringing up a strong case. I mean, the signing of Baker Mayfield, while still relatively inexpensive, Baker outside of Demar Hamlin probably has a good case for Comeback Player of the Year. So yeah. I think Jason Light deserves credit for that. You know Again, what? The, the draft picks that we talked about.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean. This might be an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to share it. And I hope I don't regret it. And I don't mean any disrespect whatsoever. I, listen, it, it 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 it's a miracle, a medical miracle that Demar Hamlin is is still alive, and that's fantastic, and that should be absolutely celebrated. There's no doubt about it. But I think he's got five tackles this year.
0: He's been inactive for like a, a game day inactive for a lot of games.
1: And and it's like it's almost a default proposition because DeMar Hamlin didn't die in the field. He's going to be the comeback player of the year because he came back to the NFL. It's different. <laughs> it certainly doesn't happen every day. And thank God that he did. Right? I mean, I mean that was a tragic scene that we all witnessed unfurl. But folks, the spirit of of the award is is not to, you know, stay alive and play the game. It, it's to. You know, you had a bad year and man, you had a comeback, whether it's from an injury or whether it's, you know, y- your career was on the downward spiral and you came back. Right. Geno Smith. Think about that in Seattle. To me, that's the spirit of the of the award. And uh, it's fantastic. And thank God that that DeMar Hamlin, you know, has, has made a comeback, not just as, as a human being, but to this game that we all love. Not yeah. taking anything away from that.
0: Sure, I, I I get what you're saying. I I understand your point. I think the kind of the bigger thing is not just that like he almost died and he was able to recover from it. I think just like the courage and the bravery to like continue playing the game. I agree. I agree. After that is um, is, is such a big moment in of yeah. itself. The other thing that helps.
1: I I guess what I'm saying that is I would always team love us to have have co. Yeah. Come back, Player oh, of I the Year it. awards, yeah. right? It's like we're, we're going to recognize Damar Hamlin and for the for the, the spirit of bravery to continue to play this game, and also kind of acknowledging the the medical staff that yeah that got yeah. him to yeah. this I mean, point.
0: He got the ESPY and, and everything right. Like that. Let me ask you this: if he yeah. was like if he was a starter, if he started every single game this season, would he win the award? No
1: doubt. That way, absolutely, yeah. no, no doubt. Part of the no doubt
0: the conversation of it all, and I'm not saying. You're wrong, or or the other side is right, because I see yeah. both sides of it, and yeah. it wouldn't bother me if DeMar Hamlin won, because I do think right. there is a lot of credibility to it. I think the the issue that falls for a lot of people is that he hasn't played in a lot of games because right. you know he's a, he's in the same area as you know like some of the backups on the box or, or marquee right. spots that like it's is a game exactly active for a, for a lot of the games. So yeah, I understand your point. I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer to yeah. it. Yeah,
1: I, I think the NFL, it's like man, give it to DeMar Hamlin. Give it to Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah. Like, like there, there's no harm or foul in doing that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that actually would probably be the um, the best solution. Yeah. Um, shout out to Kyle Driver. Thank you for the two dollars super chat. Who says wish we still had Russell Gage active? I do wonder because in the past couple of weeks, the Bucks have gotten a lot more contributions from let's just say wide receiver three. Whether yeah. whether it was David Moore against the Packers right. or Trey Palmer having a better game um, against the Jaguars on Sunday. I do wonder if they had more consistent uh, production from wide receiver three, and maybe that'll yeah. be the case over the next two games. If Gage could have brought that, um, how this offense would have looked, I think during that losing streak of six of seven, right. maybe they maybe they steal a win here or there just based off that alone. But yeah, it's definitely something to, to ponder.
1: Yeah. Well, here's one thing I want you all to ponder, and that is, um, you know, Casting your financial lot with the company that we trust at Imuni Financial. At
0: Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now.
1: Congratulations. You We're so happy. Thank to you. you.
0: Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's your retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up
1: to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow. Today. Amy Uni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead. Folks, I got some big news on the heels of Tom Brady's retirement. I am pondering retiring myself. Okay. I've been doing this for 28 years. I'm 51 years old. And I've decided in 20 more years, I will retire at the age of 71. Okay. And what that means is, I got to rely on people like Immuni Financial to make sure that I'm ready for retirement, right? I mean, this is a blast working with Navaterra and Josh Capo and Bailey Adams and Adam Slavon and all you pewter people. I'm not going anywhere. You know, when I do go somewhere, it's going to be to Colorado, of course. And it's going to be with the muni Financial's help. Managing your family's wealth means more to muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With, with over 40 years of experience, let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immunity Financial at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at Immuni.com and make sure that you tell them Peter Report sent you. Again, Immuni.com for all your... Financial needs. I've got my, most of my financial resources with the Muni, and I'm thrilled about that, and I want you to be thrilled with your decision as well.
0: Okay, let's get to uh, – we have two more Super Chats, and then we'll close out the show, okay. starting with Grizz. Thank you for the $2 Super Chat, who says, I want Bulls to bring in a new defensive coordinator to revamp the defense. As long as he's a head coach, that is not happening
1: because right. he,
0: he calls the plays.
1: Oh, I- a great game against the Jaguars. Just need more yeah. of that, right?
0: Yeah, just need more of that because they do allow tons of yards and it is quite infuriating to watch. But when it's clicking, there are not many defenses yeah. that are better than a, than a Todd Bowles quality yeah. defense. But it hasn't clicked enough this season, despite like, you know, Kalisha Cancy and yeah. Yaya that we've talked about, Anthony Field Jr. Yep. playing at an all pro level. Something just hasn't been exactly the same. And I I'm can't calling it
1: right now here. Zion McCollum gets his first career interception against the Saints. I walked up on. to him I, and I, I've, I've texted Zion. We've had this conversation all year and I walked up to Zion in the post game press, uh, or locker room, um, on Sunday. I looked at him and he's like, I was so close. I, I said, I know. Damn. I said, you dropped your present, Zion. It was a Christmas gift right to you. And you dropped it. He's like, I'm not dropping the next one. So I, I think Zion McCollum gets his first interception against the New Orleans Saints. On Sunday.
0: I like it. Yeah. That, that would be, uh, that'd be fun. Thank you to Kathy Gillespie for a $10. Thank you so much, That's Kathy. Kathy says, you guys know that I love bake, but been afraid to invest in a jersey. I bought number six.
1: <laughs> My
0: <laughs> daughter bought me a number six watch band uh-huh. and a bake jersey for Christmas. I'm a proud member of the bakery. That's cool. Kathy, that is awesome. I understand yeah. the trepidation yeah. about a baker jersey because there's no guarantee that he was going to be here yeah. next season. Glad you got your jersey. I hope you enjoy it. I probably would have recommended getting the the jersey, the the t shirt jersey, because that's yeah. <laughs> a lot less expensive, right. and you could still rep Baker. And then, um, you know, if if he stays here long term, because he might only be here for next season, we don't totally know how that contract's going to look. Just yeah. Yet. Um, but if he's here for a couple of years, then yeah, definitely get the jersey. Um, but yeah, it's just it's fun seeing Baker do great things for this team.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, well, listen, we went a little overtime today because y'all deserve it. Holy smokes. Y'all came out in droves the day after Christmas on a Tuesday for a Victory Tuesday. So it's been fun. It's been awesome. I'm um, going to have a, a Bucks mailbag tonight for you guys. So check that out. Um, and I probably need to lay off the bourbon to finish that. And I will, because you all deserve it. But uh, Matt, take it away with our promos here.
0: Yeah. Uh, great show once again. On Wednesday, we'll preview Saints versus Bucks in the home game for Tampa Bay. And of course, um, in the meantime, please make sure you're following us on all of our social media on X, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report. And our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we have the podcast, where we have um scott's pewter pulse my pewter picks and props uh various clips from press conferences and in the locker room and all that fun stuff you can find that all on our youtube channel please like and subscribe to it leave a comment after the show as well uh, that really helps us grow our audience over at pewter report so that's going to do it for us on today's show for scott reynolds i matt matera saying thank you everybody all the pewter people for uh, joining us today a merry belated Christmas once again. Appreciate all of you guys and for all of your support. And we don't have to wait that long because we'll have I know. Three, episodes, three episodes in a row. Today, That's tomorrow, right. and Thursday.
1: Boom, boom, uh, boom. Fire the cannons.
0: We will see you guys tomorrow. And uh, we'll see you for another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.